At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. My name is Arielle Kestenbaum, and I am the founder of Fair Meals, a 501c3 status nonprofit that focuses on easy, healthy, and affordable meal solutions for families of all walks of life. On our website, fairmeals.org, you can find free of charge tons of tips, tricks, and recipes that encompass our three pillars of health, ease, and affordability. To help continue to make our programming the best it can be, please consider donating to this amazing initiative at fairmeals.org forward slash donate. Welcome to the GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. All right, welcome back. I mean, look, traveling from Tampa Bay, from the newly minted GM, Jason Light, straight across the highway and across the state to New Orleans to meet with Mickey Loomis, one of the godfathers of GMs in the league right now. I mean, what a great trip this was. You guys will listen into some great conversation here. I mean, here's a guy who has proven himself at so many different levels. He is, he truly is the guy that most times the league though they may not always like his answers because he's a direct straightforward guy they will go to him for information and go to him for opinions about really really important things we were on the general manager's advisory committee together i have nothing but great respect for him most people think that we should have been massive nemesis but we never were that we were we were really, really close, and people usually laugh at that because they expect it to be the other way around. Take a listen. A lot of really good soul for conversation as well, and we were in the middle of uh, the, the French Quarter. We walked around, had a couple cocktails, talked about life as well, and then after this great interview that you listened to, we went and had some great dinner. Anyway, really, really cool stuff. Listen up. I've been thinking lately, and you may take offense to this, but you have now become the godfather of football executives in the world. How does that yeah. feel? 
Well, I've, look, I hate the terminology because uh, Godfather means two things to me, old and mean and nasty. And look, I don't think I mean and nasty. I'll go with the older. But when I think of the Godfather of GMs, I think of Gil Brandt and Bill Polian and guys that are still with us, still have a lot to offer. Um, look, there's guys in our league that are as experienced as I am, you know, Kevin Colbert and Rick Spielman, yourself, guys that, that have been around for a good period of time and been successful. So I, I, gosh, I hope nobody thinks of me that way. Well, you have such a presence and we'll get into that a little bit. Interestingly enough, I look at this often. I think people think that you and I should be adversaries because, you know, the crazy uh, heated uh, relationship <laughs> between uh, and uh, sort of competitiveness between your team, the New Orleans Saints and my former team, the Falcons, that built over years and people think, well, of course you're not friends. You're not going right. to do deals with Mickey. The crazy thing is our opportunity to work together in the general manager's advisory committee. That was a big thing for me in, in my formative years as a GM. And you became one of my most trusted and, and closest confidants in the business. And I appreciate that, appreciate that beyond. Your, my personality and your personalities are different. We have different approaches. I probably uh, am a little bit more of an open book as far as my approach yeah. to things. You respectfully have more of a, a guarded, uh, yeah. an appropriately respectfully guarded side. Um, so your approach, is that is that personal? Is that your personal approach? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a good question. First of all, I do hate the Falcons. <laughs> I just don't hate the hate people the that yes. work for the Atlanta Falcons. I have a lot of respect for the coaches that you've had there, the you know, the owner, all, all the people involved in your building, that doesn't, I can separate the people from the rivalry. And I think you can uh, as well. And, and we've been able to do that. We've had a lot of great conversations. Listen, you've helped me lots of times with, with uh, uh, perspective and advice and things like that. And hopefully I've done that for you. Um, look, I, I've, I grew up in the business and I've been, you know, part of the NFL for 38 years here now. And Mike McCormick was the general manager that hired me. And he was, he came from a, a perspective of servant leadership and came from a perspective. Now, Mike McCormick was a Hall of Fame player as well as a coach before he became a GM. And he was always of the ilk that, man, the face of your franchise is your player, your best players and your coach. And as a GM, you know, you're taking a back seat and you're taking a role behind the scenes, servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my perspective. And so I, I don't like, I don't believe in the GM being the out front guy most of the time. Now, when there's adversity and accountability, you need to stand up and, and take that. But when things are going well, man, let's, let's let the, uh, Let's let your players and coach, you know, be the face of your franchise. It's a great point. And I, I went back and forth, you know, with that whole idea as a general manager, what is expected of me and what, what wasn't over the years. Okay, I'm going to bring in another analogy here. And you're not going to like this one. I mean, inside the NFL and outside the NFL, Mickey Loomis has a little bit of a Wizard of Oz element to him. I don't know. This is highly intelligent, highly powerful, highly intuitive, but behind the scenes. Interesting perspective, but I mean, there are a lot of people in my role as we were growing up through and became general managers who still have this like really uh, sort of deep 
uh, seated interest in trying to tap into your brain and what you know and how you put together a team, how you lead. Again, back to what you just explained, working with Sean Payton, who is a really strong-minded and, and willful and productive and, and talented man and football coach, can you talk to us a little bit about that relationship and how two people with a lot of intelligence and a lot of presence coexist? Because it's not easy. We know how important that is. Yeah, um, well, it's a good question. And I, I feel like in our business, the most important relationship is head coach GM. I think that's a really important relationship in order to have su sustained success. And uh, man, there's egos involved. And, and look, I think being a head coach in the NFL is the toughest job in sports. I really do. You've got so many players, so many coaches to manage, so much time management. Um, all the things that are involved in being a great head coach right. is it's so difficult. And look, I'm here to relieve as much of that stress as I can. I'm not here to add stress to our head coach. Look, I, I, I believe the, the head coach is, is, uh, should be one of the faces, if not the face mm -hmm. and the voice of your franchise. I don't have uh, any notion otherwise about that. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not I'm not trying to lead our group and lead our team and lead our organization, but I recognize how difficult his job is, and I'm going to have to take a, a back seat in terms of ego, and and I'm going to have to uh, compromise in some things that I don't necessarily want to compromise at times. But I think for the good of the organization, good of the team. That's what we should be doing. Well, I love the fact over the years, we've talked about it, the respect that you have for Sean and his job as a head coach, as you just alluded to, and his respect for you is what makes you guys a very special organization. And I, I'm wild, I've always been wildly interested in some of the intricacies of that with, uh, you know, where you guys are in a relationship. And it's so important. We saw pack back in the day. I remember when I first got this job or even before I looked at some of the people out there like Marty Schottenheimer and AJ Smith, two incredibly um, talented football men, different parts of the organization. One was a GM and one was a head coach and it splintered. And, and I feel like I can talk about it because it was very public. You guys just have a really cool grasp about you and it's everyone admires it from afar, whether they share it with you or not, yeah. or whether we're supposed to share it or not as uh, former Atlanta people, it is a really, really impressive deal. So, well, let me just say that it's not all roses and butterflies. Yes, you know, sure. we, We've had our times, uh, you know, and you got to work through that. And look, if you're committed and you and and winning is the most important thing, then you know you find ways to to compromise. And 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 uh, yeah, we've been able to do that. And that's as much a credit to him as it is to me. Listen, this is this is a two-way street. It's not a one-way street. Not a one-way street. Well, so then I start thinking about you've been involved at so many levels. Not only the general manager's advisory committee, excuse me, but a number of other highly influential committees in this in this league. Um, you've done a lot for the league. Everyone appreciates it, whether they come and shake your hand about it or whether they're talking about it behind your back. It's really appreciated. It comes back to my analogy of you being the godfather, which you, you battled. I get it. Do you ever, with all of that you've given back to the to the organization and the league, the, the portrayal of the um, the portrayal of where the, the Saints are um, of being, you know, pushing the limits, which I respect a great deal. 
Do you ever get to a spot where you think, well, that's not necessarily the case? Or are you proud of where you are, yeah. your aggressiveness and your approach? Yeah, look, it's a good question. I, and I would say, look, if I had to go back in time, are there some things that you know we might do differently? Probably, yes. But look, we're, we're, we're push, we push the limits without without trying to cross the line. Um, and, you know, different people have different perspectives about that. I, I get that. But listen, we're trying to win. We're trying to do it the right way. We're trying to have sustained success. And and uh, look, I believe in the way we operate. I do. And I also believe in in the league. I believe in the, you know, for the good of the league. I think we have the best league in professional sports. You know, I, I believe in the integrity of our game. I believe that, that, that that's what makes our game great is, is that in any given year, we're on a level playing field. You know, every franchise has an opportunity to be successful. They're, we're not constrained by, you know, one group having so many, much more resources than another. We, we have an opportunity to be successful on our, you know, based upon the merits of, of our abilities. And so I love our league. I, I, I do. I love football, I love the game. I'm passionate about the game, I'm passionate about the people, not just with other teams and our team, but with the league office too. I, 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 I am. I don't always agree with, with what someone else does or what the league does, but I, you know, I try to, I try to, I try to be empathetic about where their position is. So you, to that point, and I love that response. There, outside of your organization, there's always been a, an element of uh, us against the world, Saints. Which again, we can all throw darts at it. People that aren't involved, probably more Atlanta Falcons than everyone, because again, there's that crazy uh, uh, sort of competitiveness. That us against the world element is that a function of Sean Payton's leadership? Is it a function of your fan base, who is incredible here? who are so passionate about you guys, along with you dealing with all of these natural disasters and, and different things that have come across. Where does that us against the world come from? Yeah, well, I think it's all of that. Um, I think it's all of it. I, look, I think if you look back in history at all the great coaches, I think almost all of them try to create that. It's us against the world uh, culture within their building, right? Hey, we, we can only rely on each other. We can't rely on anyone else. So I, I think that's, that's, you know, natural in professional sports and in, in any sport, really. I also think that, look, we have a little bit of that in our city. Not a little bit. We have a lot of that in our city. We've had to overcome Katrina. Mm -hmm. We've had to overcome the oil spills. We had to overcome some things that, you know, we're trying to prove we're a big league city here mm -hmm. and, and, and that we are one of the best cities in the world. And so I think, I think it's all of that together creates this man it's us against the world and we can rely on each other our fan base is so you know uh passionate and strong that that uh, i think it gets amplified what it what actually exists in with every team well great great uh just the idea of your organization being able to pull that off from where they are again from the leadership side but it seems very very authentic on the outside and that's why it's interesting because a lot of people can't bottle that up and they, they, they continue to look at New Orleans again as a team and as a fan base and quietly marvel, uh, because there's jealousies there. Let's call it the way it is. My, 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 my fan base, my, my former fan base in Atlanta may not like to hear that because there's a sort of hate to love the, the New Orleans element. But I mean, again, I can't, I can't be positive enough about what you guys have done that way. I mean, okay. So you're, you're in a situation where, um, 
Drew Brees retires. You're a general manager uh, and in charge of many, many things within this organization. Um, very lofty position. And you know that your, your first ostensible first ballot Hall of Famer leaves this organization. How do you approach that? How, in, in a nutshell, how do you approach that? What is your North Star after yeah. Drew Brees? That's a good question. Well, you know, first of all, first of all, you appreciate the fact that we've had 15 years of this guy yeah. as a free agent. And not in our wildest dreams, not in your wildest dream as a GM or mine, would you ever expect to sign someone and get 15 years of elite performance and right. Hall of Fame performance? So I'm not particularly sad about it. I'm just appreciative of how blessed we've been to have this guy as our leader on the field, his elite performance and his leadership in the community, just the way he's represented our organization. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't know how you could ask for more than what he has done. And you, you appreciate that, first of all. You start thinking about it, you get a little panic attack. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. you know, what the hell are we going to do now? Yeah. And yet, I have such great confidence. We have, we have a, a great football coach in Sean Payton and, and a great staff. We have, we have a great personnel staff. I, we're going to be just fine. Um, and so you have confidence in, in what our organization can do. That's what gives you confidence about the future as opposed to, oh, no, we've just lost this great quarterback. So feel good about, about where we're at and where we're going. Well, parallel that to New England, losing Tom Brady, having a, a, a complicated season this past season, and Tampa Bay thriving. Another team you don't like to thrive about a lot, of course. Um, I've often wondered when you're in that spot, and I haven't been in that spot as a GM because Matt Ryan was there the whole time. And I know you're going to answer this question the way that I assume you're going to answer it because you just did. There's, there's sometimes that when you're looking at it, the feeling of, man, are we on borrowed time now because yeah. we don't have the stud that is? You have so many other people on that team that are really good football players. That's how you answer that question to people around the organization who worry, correct? Well, you do. And yet, listen, I've been in the situation. I was in Seattle for 15 years, and there was a good period of time there where we struggled to find, you know, the quarterback. We struggled to find who, who's going to lead us to the next level you know we we had a great quarterback in dave craig you know when i when i first got there and we had a lot of wins and a lot of success um not a super bowl but we had success and then look we we went through a number of years where we were struggling to find that next guy and never really could do it in the time that i was there so i understand how that works and there's no guarantee about that right, right. a lot of this is you know luck a lot of it's luck i like to say it's all skill it's not a lot of it's luck it's it's getting the right guy. It's getting the right uh, coaching staff in place to develop them. Yes. It's putting the right pieces around them. There's a lot of variables that exist. And I can't guarantee that we're going to find that guy uh, um, and that it's all going to work. I can't guarantee that. But I know I know what it looks like. We know what it looks like as an organization. And, again, I have confidence in our coaches, uh, in, our, in our head coach, to, that if we can find the right people that they'll develop them and we'll have success. You'll have success. You, you have an ultimate and incredible amount of wisdom inside and outside of football, your background in business and being around this league for as long as you have. What is your biggest fear about the future of the NFL? When I first got in the league, I remember going to league meetings and, and 
the bulk of the league meetings were talking about the game, you know, the game and how can we improve the game? How can we improve um, the integrity of the competition? In any given year, Atlanta can win a Super Bowl. New Orleans can win a Super Bowl. Cleveland can win a Super Bowl. You know, any of these teams, it's not just the teams that have the most resources that you, you know, in the biggest markets. And so I, I worry sometimes that we spend too much time talking about the marketing and the business, the business of the game, which is important by the way, mm -hmm. and not enough time spent on the game itself. And, and, and uh, look, this is a game built on players and coaches. That's, that's what it's built on. It's what I believe. And, and we, and we have a fantastic, great game that, that, uh, People want to watch and, and they get really invested in our fans here and in Atlanta and every city in our, in, in, uh, that it has an NFL team. Those fans are invested. And I think we owe it to them to put the best product uh, on the field and, and the best, and the best uh, competition that has integrity. Well, I mean, I mean, I thought you articulated that very well. And I start thinking about sort of next steps in all this, Mickey where we are in the evolution of the league per diversity issues, right? We're, yeah. we're in a really interesting spot societally, of course. And I think the league is making some strides, of course. Um, it may not be fast enough for certain people. What's your assessment at this point of where we are with diversity, diversity hires, et cetera, et cetera, within the league? Yeah, look, I, I like that we're paying attention to it. I don't have the answers. I'm not smart enough to have all the answers. Um, I, I feel like a lot of our business um, is really blind to color, and yet I know it's not. And so, um, I, I think I, I think more than anything else, having discussion and having the topic and understanding where um, the people in our league that feel like they haven't get, been given a fair shake, we need to we need to listen and pay attention and take steps. And we're going to take some missteps. Yes. I think we have taken missteps, and I think sometimes those have been with good intentions. Um, and I, I just think we need to keep on this path of paying attention to it, um, taking steps that are necessary, and understanding when we when we take a misstep, we got to correct that. Got to correct it. No, it's a it's a it's a really it's a valid point. And I remember before I left Atlanta, it was about communication and making sure that I communicated as well as I could with everyone within the organization. And we had some amazing meetings during that time, which were quite emotional to hear everyone, not, not only, you know, it didn't matter where they were across the organization and to hear some of the people of color within the organization speak to it. And some, some of the underrepresented people within our organization yep. share their feelings or heartfelt feelings and everyone sharing. I mean, it, it brought tears to a lot of people's eyes just because they know we're heading in the right direction. There's a long way to go. Personally, I will say this to you, Two years ago when I was at the owners meetings and we took our GM uh, photograph and we see one person of color within the whole general manager group. And that was Chris Greer. And now I think the league has seven or six, I believe. I love where we're going. We still have a ways to go, of course. And we still have a ways to go on the, on the head coaching side. In the end, I love how people are coming together and understanding the importance of this. And it's, it's a big issue, of course. We'll be right back with more from the GM Journey. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Let's, let's jump to another tangent here for a minute. So the league continues to pay the general managers and the head coaches well. And we've seen recently the general manager salaries are going up, up significantly, but there's still a large chasm. Do you think it's still justifiable in this league that there's such a large chasm between the head coach and the GM salaries? Yeah, look, I, you know, I said this before. I, I think the head coaches have the toughest job in our league. Um, man, they're responsible for so much. It's such a emotional, um, you know, taxing it's 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 uh time taxing it's you know just everything about it is so difficult you got so many people that you're responsible for and i think your job is tougher than ours uh, honestly so I don't, I don't have any problem with with what they make it's it's you know they're part of the talent right yeah. talent um in our league should get paid and they get paid well and they should get paid well because they're creating this this business for us, the players and the coaches. And so I, I don't have any issue with it. Look, you know, I didn't get into this. I know you didn't get into this because we thought we were going to make a great living. We got into it because we love sport. We love competition. We love being part of a team. And I don't, I don't really think a lot about, about how much I make or how much, uh, uh, you know, I should make. I, I just, it doesn't ever cross my mind. And yet I'm grateful for what I do, what we do make. And I'm grateful for the ownership. And, and recognizing that we have valuable jobs. Um, yeah, so 
it's a good question, and yet I don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Well, they're, they're, they're two incredible positions, meaning there's a lot on your plate. There's a lot on Sean Payton's place, uh, plate. Um, and I think we all recognize that for yeah. sure. So let's, let's go to that for a minute. You did an amazing job in your hiring of, of your head coach and since have done a great job organizationally putting together the coaching staffs. Um, coordinators are wildly important. I have a really strong p- opinion about that as well are the position coaches. They have elements within their job duties uh, that are really, really important. Do you, where is your uh, function and, and how do you function? Yeah. And what is your, your uh, relationship to helping the coach put together the coaching staff? Yeah, um, well, I think part of that depends upon who your head coach is. Is he a first time head coach or is he experienced? I've, I've always believed that the head coach should be able to hire a staff. I think that's important that they understand that they're, they are reporting to him and that, you know, everything should flow through the head coach. So our head coach has always had the ability to hire his staff. And look, we have a great relationship and I think he values my opinion. He'll ask me my opinion and I'll offer it, you know, when asked, but it's his responsibility. He's done a fantastic job over the years of, of hiring coaches and, and recognizing that Look, chemistry amongst the staff is as important as ability. You have to have ability, but you also have to have chemistry. You have to have guys that are teachers, um, guys that can motivate and and uh, um, and recognize that, look, in amongst your staff, you may have guys with different strengths. And I think he does a great job of that. Um, but I would say that, you know, the quality of our staff is directly related to the quality of our head coach and his ability to um, identify what he wants and, and, and find it. Well, I, he's done a great job in identifying, of course. And, and what I've always been really impressed with with Sean is his approach to be very real with his coaches. And no, yeah. this is probably from Bill Parcells, right? Yep. He's not worried about being liked within the building. At least that's my impression. I've really been impressed with making sure that he gets his points across because ultimately he is the head coach and that's his, his call, correct? Yeah. Well, I think he's great at setting expectations and, and uh, maintaining accountability, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, maintaining accountability. All right, so in the last few years as a general manager, um, what leadership lesson do you think has been something that has come across your desk that has been sort of adjusting and altering for your approach as a leader? Yeah, um, man, I don't know if it's been in the last few years. I, I, I just know over time I, I, I've you know, I've recognized my own strengths and weaknesses and I, you know, I've settled into this servant leadership uh, model. It's, and look, there's lots of different ways to lead, right? There's lots of different ways. And I, I know that that fits me as is, uh, I like behind the scenes, you know, I like uh, making sure that people have opportunities and then they have the right environment to be successful. And so that's the, that's the leadership style that I've settled into. And uh, I think it works for us. And, and, and look, you have to have people that are complementary to you. You can't have a bunch of people that are exactly the same. Uh, you need people that will disagree, that will have a different perspective. And, uh, you know, I, so I'm not afraid of that. And I believe that we have that in our building. And look, I value it. Well, you definitely seem like you have it in your building. Again, from afar, I keep saying that because everyone's eyes are on you. Whether you win the Super Bowl or not in a certain year, everyone is looking at how things are run within the Saints organization across the league. So to that point, rising 
sort of mid-management level individuals, what salient point would you share with them? If you had one point to yeah. share. Um, look, I, I've always believed this. I, I think setting goals and having dreams and aspirations are great. I really do. Um, and you get, and I have gotten, you know, young people come in. I want your job. I want to be a general manager. I want to be a general manager. And look, my message is always, man, you're, you're, you're looking so far out into the future. You can lose sight of what's right in front of you. Um, there's 32 jobs in the NFL that are general manager jobs, right? And thousands of people that want them. You, it would be, it would be, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you set yourself up for, I'm going to be a failure if I don't get one of those 32 jobs. So my message is always to our guys, whoever they are, man, just focus on the job you have. If you're an intern, be the best intern you can ever be. If you're the uh, area scout, be the best area scout you can be. If you're the best cap guy, be the best cap guy you can be. Because if you're the best at what you do, then you'll get an opportunity to get the job you want. So focus on the job you have. And if you do well, the job you want will come along. And so I I'm more of look, look at what's right in front of you, not what's two blocks in front of you. I mean, great wisdom for, for anyone uh, around the league or executives who are climbing through businesses, right? I mean, too often there's, there's this uh, idea that they want to be it now. I used to think I wanted to be the best college scouting director right. in the history of the league. You had different approaches then. We, we ask around the table now, a whole scouting group, and you say, how many want to be a GM? And it's not just one hand, it's right. two hands up in the air. Right. All right, last two questions. One, the Tim Ferriss question. I don't know if you know who Tim Ferriss is. He's one of the most reputable podcasters, lifestyle podcasters out there. He often asked, in the last few years, um, what is an, a new belief, behavior, or approach personally, not professionally as much, personally, that has changed your life? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, I, I think, look, one of the things that happens when you get older, particularly when you're older like I am and you have young children is, hey, how can I not just live longer, but how can I have a quality life for a longer period of time? So, look, I think the biggest factor in quality of life is stress. Yeah. You know, how can I eliminate stress from my life and yet still do a magnificent job mm -hmm in not just my work life, but my family life. So I'm, tr I'm looking for ways to dial back the stress level. And look, I'm fortunate because, because I have a great staff. I have a great organization. We have great culture. It takes a lot of, uh, I have to pay attention to that garden. We all do. Everyone in our building has to pay attention to their garden. I've got a head coach that talks about this all the time, is that we can't just assume that we're going to have you know, a great locker room, a great culture. We have to um, tend it. And I think the same thing exists in your home life and your personal life is that you have to, you have to tend that. And I probably don't do enough of it. And yet I'm trying to do better at it. I'm trying to tend to my personal life, eliminate stress, eliminate the stress of, you know, my wife and my children. And, and uh, I don't have an answer as to exactly what those things are, but every day we can find something that, okay, I can, I can relieve some of the stress off you and, or my children or whatever. So I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to do a better job at that. Tending the garden. I love that idea. I think about different things all the time. And now that I have more time to think about it, Mickey, I'm not worrying about a draft or worrying about an organization's morale, which you are 
I'm trying to take it all in. I'm trying to li- live a certain way. I'm, I'm trying to live with purpose, of course. Right. Traveling around the country, trying to be introspective as much as I can. It's not easy, but there's a lot more time to do so. I appreciate it. The very last question here, and you, if you didn't hear that last one, this is another one. Very last question is, what was the question that you feared that I was going to ask you the most about you and the, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints? Well, I, th- I, I probably fear that you were going to ask me about Bounty Gate because oh. <laughs> I'm just tired of it. You I know, get it. I've had 10 years of it. I'm, I'm sick of it. Uh, uh, I don't like talking about it. You know, look, I've got feelings about it, yeah. about how that was uh, handled, all that business. But I'm glad you didn't ask me about it. Well, <laughs> let me just say this. Interestingly enough, and I, I thought through this very, very closely, we all as a general manager want a gate in our life, as odd as that sounds, <laughs> and somehow leaving after 13 years, this sounds weird. I was blessed with Soundgate. Yeah. That's my bond with you for the rest of right. my life. You had Bounty Gate, which you don't want to talk about, and I had Soundgate, although I pushed mine off on someone else because <laughs> evidently uh, so, someone who was controlling the uh, the uh the stadium at that time was pumping music through there or whatever the hell it was. But in the end, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. This was fantastic, incredibly insightful, and uh, you just you killed it. Thank you. Well, you know, look, thanks, Thomas. I've appreciated your friendship for a long, long Thank time. You. I know we were rivals. I wanted to beat you every weekend that we played. And yet, man, you have been as uh, big a help uh, to me as, as hopefully I've been to you. And I'm looking forward to uh, uh, you know our relationship going on for the rest of our lives. Thank you so much, Mickey. God bless. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. Hey, look, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, what a ride that was. Just amazing to see how much established uh, presence that Mickey has in the city of New Orleans. You know, sitting there getting everything, you know, taken care of by the police officers in New Orleans to be able to park where we parked during this interview in the middle of the market, in the middle of the French Quarter was huge. Again, I can't stress enough how much respect I have for Mickey Loomis, not only as a professional, which I have a great deal of respect, but also as a person, very, very loyal, soulful person. You guys should be proud down there in New Orleans to have him as your guide because he obviously has done some great things there. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, nothing but massive respect for for Mickey Loomis. As we move from Mickey, we're going to be heading up to a different part of the country in the next uh, next pod that we have here, all the way up to Baltimore, spending some great time leading in with a really, really impressive, intelligent, insightful, fairly young gun when you compare him to Mickey Loomis, and that's Eric DaCosta. I know all the people up there have a great deal of respect for him. Definitely make sure you listen up to that one. You guys have a great one. You have been listening to The GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. Continue to follow Thomas as he interviews GMs from your favorite NFL teams. The GM Journey has been produced by Alan Kastenbaum, Thomas Dimitrov, and Octagon Entertainment. Don't forget to download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The GM Journey is distributed by the 8Side Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 